What's going on, guys? Welcome to another installment of Crime and Wine. How are you today? Exhausted. It looks like it. Not in a bad way, but you just Oh, did. no, I look tired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, people who know you can, can tell. <laughs> Child, I am exhausted. Um, That's it, though. I mean... You said that's what? It's a lot going on. You know, it's that you know how it is, the end of the year. Yes. My kids' birthdays in a couple of weeks, because I gotta do two birthdays instead of one. And, and you got you got two birthdays, what, three days apart? Yeah, but he grown, so he is grown, but he's also your husband. Now, if it was like me, a grown sister, it's like, yeah. I'm even lower on the total pole, which I would understand. <laughs> that's a grown ass man. I mean, yeah, that's a grown man, but, <laughs> but he's still, <laughs> still up there. And his birthday day for Thanksgiving. He better get this turkey and shut the fuck up. <laughs> Girl. See, if you really want to give him a birthday gift, give him some fish. That sounds bad. I was actually talking about real fish. <laughs> I mean, I know, but either way. <laughs> Why would you say that to me? Like, because because you traditionally can't because he loves fish, but you're allergic, so he can't eat it. That's what I'm saying. So it's either like you're trying to kill me or telling me my twat stinks. Either way, <laughs> okay, it's still not a good look. Don't say twat. I'm saying you can pop a couple Benadryl and give him a crab leg. It's not a good look. <laughs> Let's just get out. Twat. Let's just get off this subject. <laughs> Well, I'm fine. Besides the fact I need a bacchiotomy. Stop saying that. I don't know why that movie stuck in my head. Yeah, stop <laughs> saying that. Don't stop saying that. It's fine. Oh, lower back hurt though, for real. I don't really know why it just popped up. I guess that's the wonderful world of. Well, I ain't that old. I need to stop saying that. But yeah, it hurts. But I'm good though. I'm good. Nothing significant has happened thus far. Uh, what you sip, sip, sipping on? Depression. <laughs> like so, I'm not gonna say the name of this wine, but I'm not gonna say it because I actually despise it. This yeah. tastes like a series of bad choices. It's like when you go to drink your soda and somebody put their cigarette out in it. Ew, Siobhan. It's just bad. It's so bad. Like, I can't. But I'm not going to say the name because there's someone out there that would really like this. Right. This is just, it's so vinegary. I can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of y'all watching the video can see the color. So it is a rose, and rose ain't supposed to be this vinegary. <laughs> like, they just not. It's, it's very <laughs> because it's like because this like this is why I don't drink Chardonnay often because mm-hmm. a lot of time a lot of them are really like they're so citrus heavy that they're kind of acidic to the they're point a little acidic but it gets sometimes they can get acidic to the point that I don't like them understood understood and I can't understand it rosés are not supposed to be that goddamn acidic like. Some acid I can take, but when the shit starts to burn my throat, it's not enjoyable. I don't want this. Like, what are we doing? 
Well, I'm not drinking wine today. I'm actually drinking me a little macarita. I just need for you to stop trying to give me shit saying that I'm fancy with my beverages when your ass be making whole ass restaurant quality cocktails. For the record, what I talk about about you is the fact you got a dash of something in every damn thing. Let's put it in perspective here, madam. I wish this wine had a dash of good because goddamn. Put a dash of margarita in there. Mm-mm. This need a dash of Jesus at this point. I think that's, okay. that's going to save it. And on that note, we could go ahead and talk about who we talked about today. <laughs> Just saying, I don't know what else is going to do nothing for this because uh, this ain't the water that Jesus turned into wine. Okay. So, <laughs> so we're getting back into. Are we what doing, we are love we so much to the SEC. Is the SEC giving us some more things? SEC, you know, people love to steal. They do. They do. They, they love, love a white fraud, a mail fraud, a check kiting scheme. Girl. So, the individual we are talking about today is Mr. Tim Durham. When I first heard his name, I was like, Oh, I know who this is. Did I hear this before? I had to go back and look at our episodes. I'm like, did we talk about it? I know this story. I like that. <laughs> so, Mr. Tim Durham, um, this individual essentially he he was a um he was a lawyer mm-hmm. from uh, from Indiana. He mm-hmm. was he was born in, in Indiana, uh serum. Serum. Serum, Indiana. What the hell is that? I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Girl, I done wrote something down wrong. I wrote something down and then looking at what it actually is. I don't know what the hell I was thinking when I wrote that down. Girl, this shit say Seymour. I don't know why I put serum. I don't know what the I hell. I mean, I don't know is. what that is either. So let's just find out. What yeah, whatever. But whatever. That's where he was born. So he's born in Indiana. You know, he was born to... um say modest because that that makes it seem like he was like lower on the economic totem pole than he really was you know his father was a dentist huh in jackson county so yeah so he you know his his father was a dentist and you know he he was he was they were living cool like his dad was an individual that kept the same car for 15 years like it give me from point a to point b Mm-hmm. I can put my golf clubs back there. I don't need a bunch. I, I'm doing. We doing all right. We don't have to be ridiculously lavishly living to be happy. Tim was like, "Man, fuck that." When I get older, I'm having money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the modesty. I don't want the simple life. Um, yeah, but where they where they were living, it was kind of it was very like farmer heavy. That type well, of that I'm type of Indiana. Married. You said you're looking at it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's that type of Indiana, you know. Like, <laughs> what's funny is I'm looking at the notable people from this city, and he is on the list, which tells you how small this city is. Because who the fuck is claiming this? <laughs> I mean, because let's be honest, when you really think about it, the country as a whole is young as shit. Oh yes, very much compared so. to the world, the country as a whole is young. So just think how young each of these states are. Therefore, how much of it has not really been you know, 
quote unquote modern from there. You say what? John Mellencamp is from there. Who that? I know that. The singer, his daughter was on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh uh, yeah, that don't help me. But yeah, he's from there. Hmm. Well, he uh um so he as he got older, he decides he's gonna go to uh go to college and become a um a lawyer. He goes to Indiana University. Uh-huh. as well as Indiana University's law school, okay? Uh-huh. Now, he was born in um, 62, so this is in the 80s when he's doing this stuff, you know, going to college and everything and becoming yeah. a, a lawyer. Time frame has a little bit of significance because, you know, before, it was a lot easier to pull bullshit off. In the before times. <laughs> yes, before, if you go... 40 years back, 50 years back, it, it was a lot easier. So just to give context to this, to put this in a case that y'all know, because I know if y'all listen to this, y'all have heard this case before, which is why we haven't talked about it. 40 years ago, about a week ago, 40 years ago, was the Tylenol murders. So... We did talk about the Tylenol murders, didn't we? We haven't, but everybody in their mama has. Um, <laughs> so if that gives y'all perspective, because again, if y'all listen to us, y'all have heard about the Tylenol murders. Mm-hmm. So it gives you perspective of because I know 40 years don't sound like a long time. Cause I mean, I'm almost 40. Mm-hmm. But it's like if you think about how far we've come as far as technology goes. It's like leaps and bounds, like whole different worlds. The time frames, <laughs> though, you could separate your jail caps. Yes. Um, no, they didn't have jail caps four years ago. Forty years ago, you could separate the capsules for your pain medicine because they mm-hmm. were just the plastic red and yellow capsules with the powder in it. And you yeah. could separate it and pour yep. the powder out. You surely could. I mean, let's be honest. That was thirty years ago because we could do that when we were here. When we in the nineties, it was there. It, we could do it, but it was harder to do. It, 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 it did start and dying it down as a thing. Impossible. <laughs> it did start dying down as a thing, but but let's be one thousand percent honest as far as technology goes. Twenty to thirty years ago, so we talking uh, ninety two to two thousand two. We all know that those are two different time frames. Like that's a different time. Ninety two okay. and two thousand two. Remember. At midnight in 1999, we thought the world was going to explode. So. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, let's get, get back to it. So, basically, so, yeah, in the 80s is when he's going into, starting to go into business, being a lawyer, you know, doing his whole thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, as he's, um, when he get, decides to actually get into the field, he starts working at a place called Ice Miller. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. He started working at a place called Ice Miller, uh, Ice Miller Law Firm, and he married this woman named Joe Joan, not Joe, not Joan Servas, Servas, Servas. I'm thinking Servas. Um, and she was actually the she is actually the daughter of a city council president, Bert Servas, who is also a financer in the city of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Okay? So he's like in the shits, right? He's yeah. all into the stuff. Rather it's, rather it's legally or illegally, he's still into the stuff because of his because of his status. 
So with with Durham marrying into this, he kind of gets you know gets the end. That mm-hmm. he he get he gets the end, and he get he can get in there and do whatever the hell he wants to do. So that's in about eighty nine when he married her. By ninety eight, they were um they were divorced. Okay, yeah. so when he does that, obviously he's no longer at the firm because right. daddy ain't gonna keep you. Not at all. This is the subplot of many a sitcom. <laughs> Oh, nigga, y'all ain't together no more. You ain't no longer my employee. Like, I ain't even really like you. I was doing you a favor, so right. I'm taking care of. But man, right. right? They like me. Like fuck the bullshit. You ain't here no more. So of course he's like, okay, we got to go somewhere else. We got to get, <clears throat> got to get into another another realm. Because don't forget, he's an individual who's like, I want to live the lap of luxury. Mm-hmm. Um, so he did not for me. You said what? He said that poor nigga shit. It's not for me. Absolutely. That's basically what he said. So when that happens, he starts to, um, he starts working at a place called um, Obsidian. Mm-hmm. And Obsidian is essentially like a company that buys out smaller companies. It's a ton um, company. So they, yeah, they call businesses that are kind of like, not doing that great and they turn it around and resell them or they break them up and sell them off in pieces or or what he was also doing was um he was taking small businesses like the business itself is small but they're doing really well mm-hmm. but they can't they can't they can't scale the we way they really need to, to yeah because they're still a small business yeah that's yeah that's essentially what they do yeah, so he he that's how he's doing his thing. Uh and he he essentially is making a lot of money on what they call leverage buyouts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he isn't making like like 10 million dollars on this. Like, this is what he's doing. Yeah. He's buying up shit like carpenter places, cargo trailers, um, school buses, trucking companies, rubber recycling. Like he's just buying shit. Mm-hmm. Just buying shit up. Okay. Um, so he starts to do pretty, pretty good for himself, right? He's doing so good for himself. Well, okay. He's doing so good for himself that what he's doing is he's like, he has like custom tailors come into the office and giving people tailored suits and mm-hmm. every Christmas, everybody got Rolexes for Christmas gifts. He's just doing all the shits, okay? Mm-hmm. So now- <clears throat> What he ends up doing uh, in about 2002, he ends up buying this company called Fair Finance out of Akron, Akron, Ohio, okay? Yes, yes, yes. Now, Fair Finance. What Fair Finance is, is essentially a company that, they're really debt collectors. Yeah. But not really. So and Well, kind of. That's not, that's why I say kind of debt collectors, but not really. Because what they are really doing is, let's say, for example, there's a gym, okay? And the gym has like $100,000 of accounts well, receivables. Not bad debt. They buy accounts receivables. That's what <clears throat> So, yeah. So, let, say they have $100,000 of, $100, of accounts receivables. Essentially, that's how much they're going to collect off of members throughout the year. Mm-hmm. So, what Fair Finance will do is they'll come in, pay off the accounts receivables, for ninety thousand dollars, yes, the gym loses ten, 
but they're like, hey, I can do this because think about it, throughout the year, you can have multiple people that end up quitting. Yeah, because then you're not making that money at all. Yeah, it's 90 up front versus so right. So they will right, right, right. So fair finance will buy the hundred thousand for ninety thousand, and then they will just go out and collect the money. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the gym members are still paying what they would have paid anyway. And anything fair finance makes over 90,000, obviously, is profit. Yeah. So that's essentially, that's that's basically what they were doing. They were doing things like that to make their money. Mm. Now, this is this is a place that was that's been working for years. I think it's like 1939 is when they started. Yeah, super like, well respected and established and like great reputation. And they, right. And they, everybody around there knew them and you know they knew the owner and, mm-hmm. and it was it was very like Fair was actually the last name of the family that the finance yeah. company belonged to. Fair was their last name. But everybody knew this family. It was very much you know a, a very well respected thing in the community okay mm-hmm. so it's so it was so well respected that essentially what people would do more often than not it was a lot of retirees or middle class families they would buy these things called quote unquote they like these certificate things from fair finance and essentially what fair, what that does so what it's doing is let's say Siobhan has a company right like fair finance and mm-hmm. then I go and buy a certificate for five thousand dollars. She takes my five thousand dollars, go do one of those buyouts, right? And she ends up making twenty five hundred. I'm sorry, she makes another five thousand on top of it. She keeps twenty five hundred for herself, and then I have a return on the five thousand that I initially invested in it. And that's how people were making money. Okay, so it's like you get your investment back plus whatever right over after the fee from the company right 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 it was so real well respected and uh has such a good reputation that people were just reinvesting like they, would, yeah, they would just get a hundred thousand they get a hundred thousand put it right back like i trust them we can do so it again. This was a very well respected established business in this community right 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 okay so that happened that's what this company is. That's what he decides to purchase. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is now, for a scammer because <laughs> people not, I mean, it's like you buying it with no, with like, yes, you have an expectation to make money, but you also know there's a really good chance that you won't. So it's perfect for a scammer. But not only that, they it's it's like the people because it's been the same people that's been doing it. I'm talking like generations of individuals have been like you putting their money here, so they just have the 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 trust from previous generations. Like, well, my dad was doing it, my granddad was doing it. This yeah, it's like new. you got you have a built-in reputation to go off of, a built-in authoritative state to work from, and right. add to the fact that it's something that people already know is risky to begin with. So they already walking in with the expectation that they are taking a gamble. So if you don't give them anything back, it's like, uh, I missed this time. Maybe next time. <laughs> like it's Yeah. So, but yeah, so that's what that's what he decides to buy. Okay. He buys that out. Now, this place is, is making money. Mm-hmm. Fair finance makes money. Mm-hmm. So he 
It's like when he bought Fair Finance, y'all thought giving Rolexes for Christmas gifts was some shit. <laughs> he said, fuck it, it's on and popping now. He said, hold my beer. <laughs> he buys that place. This motherfucker buying seven bedroom yachts. Mm-hmm. Let me change that. Seven suites. Each one of them had their own bathrooms. Yes. Seven suites on a lot. Huge, huge houses. A whole bunch of cars. He has like 70 plus cars. Mm-hmm. He is purchasing shit. He built a two-story, 20-car garage for his cars. He got a, a million, like $1.5 million Bugattis. And uh, his his rainy day car is like a, a BMW, I think, or maybe a Rolls Royce or something. I can't remember what the heck it was. But it was like, he he drives cars based on the type of day it is. Like, that's, that's and it's we're not talking like, Oh, it's snow outside, so I'm gonna drive the the all wheel drive. No, I'm gonna get the put the pickup truck out. No, no, no. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm wearing blue and it's kind of rainy. Yes, it's a Maybach. Like he legit, <laughs> he legit named one of them expensive cars the rainy day car. Yeah, like what the hell? It's like this one looks cute when it gets wet. Let's drive. Like what is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He called it the rainy day car. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So in, in 2007, when he turned 45, he actually ends up having a really big 45th birthday party. Now he's still in Indiana. So he has a huge birthday party in Indiana. So big that he contacted a modeling agency in LA to- I was hoping you would say this models because this shit was the funniest shit to me. <laughs> he he he, got, he goes to LA to get these models. Well, he calls a modeling agency to get these models. Mm-hmm. Guess who one of the models were? <laughs> this shit sent me when I heard that. I said, Megan. Yes. Meg, how, what's her last name? Hauserman? Holserman? Megan Hauserman. That's her name. And if, if you, you don't know who don't that know is, name. she is from Rock of Love. I love money. Megan wants to marry a million. Or Megan marries a millionaire. Uh, Megan uh, wants a millionaire. I think it's what it's called. Yeah. And we actually talked about that show on this here podcast because it got canceled because one of the contestants killed his former girlfriend. I couldn't remember if it was his baby mama. Girlfriend, some you know woman that he was romantically involved with. Yes. While they were filming. Yes. Then got this show and all the like canceled. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is the Megan we are referring to. We did mention her before. We do love a good full circle moment. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's what he ends up. He he ends up doing shit like that. And I'm talking like he took he asked for like 20 models and he took them all to the mall and just pulled the card out and said, Y'all go get whatever they cash out. Like, yeah. He was doing shit like throwing money off. The, the balcony in his house during the party and everybody that walked past him got a hundred dollar tip on the yachts and at, at restaurants literally and everywhere he went he tipped everybody a hundred dollars it's blowing money. And weird but okay <laughs> excuse me he's blowing money like there's no tomorrow like it's clear he did not work for this because he is blowing money fast just just giving it all away okay 
Um, so that was in that was in 2007. So in 2008, he actually decides to move, actually move to LA. Okay. Um, when he moves to LA, well, he has he has some uh some people that work with him, like top like execs. Um uh Dan Dan Lakin. He's one of the people that kind of worked with him a whole lot. Um there was Dan Lakin. There's uh hold on, I just got the last names. Cochran and Snow are the last names of two other individuals that worked with him a lot. Not Very Johnny Cochran. No, no, not Johnny Cochran. <laughs> no, not Johnny Cochran. <laughs> you know, you say um, that's first one people think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. No, not Johnny Cochran. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the uh the guy, Dan, Dan Lakin, he ends up being under investigation because he was like manipulating stock prices of his business, but he was actually involved with Durham as well, right? So when he gets called, he's like, I got a story. I got a story for you bitches. First off, how are we gonna snitch? I hate when people are part of it and then you snitch. That's the snitching part. Like people are saying, oh, don't snitch. It's not snitching if I'm not a part of it. But if I am, yeah, I'm snitching. Yeah, like, if why? you're involved. It, you can't be involved and then go and tell. But then it's also a white collar crime. So I wholly expect niggas to snitch. <laughs> Girl. Girl. Yeah, so he, this motherfucker just decided, fuck the bullshit. I'm telling on his ass. So essentially what he starts to tell the FBI is what Durham is doing, he actually, is, he, he doesn't have all this money. His businesses aren't worth this mm -hmm. much or anything along those lines. What he's really doing, remember that fair finance I was talking about? Yeah. He was essentially giving himself loans through fair finance, mm -hmm. giving him himself personal loans, loaning things to businesses, loaning things to friends, family, all kinds of people. Yeah. Right. And all it's coming from is from these certificates that were purchased by these individuals expecting their money to be reinvested mm -hmm. into fair finance where there's supposed to be a return. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, if y'all didn't catch that, the only way he makes money is if more people buy certificates. What does that sound like? Ponzi, are you there? Ponzi <laughs> scheme. That's essentially what it was. He was named, um, uh, what's his name? What's his name? The big one. Ponzi scheme. The, pon Charles. Him. Made off of the Midwest. What else we talked about. <laughs> yes. He was essentially named made off of the Midwest. Yeah, that's what he was doing. Charles obviously, showed you girls the way. <laughs> obviously, the only way he can make money is if I other pe if other people invest. So from that, obviously, so this is in 2008 when shit started to go down. The end of 2008. So in around that time, the whole Ponzi scheme thing, like FBI is like, y'all got to stop this bullshit. But mm -hmm. like I re like I, I remember when I was when I was 18, 18, 19, somewhere around there. So like 05, 06, and I definitely was approached by different people, like friends of mine who mm -hmm. fell for the Ponzi scheme, and they're trying to get me to fall for the Ponzi scheme. That like that was really a thing. Like it was the in that time because it was like I don't know, we were at the tail end of that like surplus 
Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of like investment scams and MLMs were at an all time high, mm-hmm. which are most of them are just Ponzi schemes as well. Mm-hmm. But it's it, yeah, there was that. I I told you I've said it time and time again. Ninety four to two thousand nine was a very godless time in our country. It was. It's no joke. Like for real, it was the wildest point. Like probably not the wildest point in history because I'm sure every generation says that. But this shit was insanity. There was no limits. There was no borders. There was no like nothing was off limits. Nothing. This was right at the beginning of like social media, so nothing was private anymore. Like it was morality was definitely out of the window. Yeah, we were a godless bunch at that time. It was no. Jerry Springer was at an awesome like Jerry Springer was the most popular talk show. <laughs> this one Maury switched over to only doing maternity episodes. Any Re- Jones remember like, uh, about he male or she male? Like what the fuck? Remember the uh uh the ringmaster? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about that fucking That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, so that's essentially how he was making his money and basically, uh, you know, providing for this very lavish lifestyle in which he decided he wanted to live. Um, so they end up wire, uh, they end up tapping his phone in the fall of 2000, 2009. Okay. Um, so when they, when they, when they started tapping his phone, they started just hearing all kinds of shit. Like he was so ridiculous that he's like, well, we could push off the payment to this person because after somebody passes, all you have to do when it comes to talking to someone, someone over their estate is just say, oh, you got to wait a couple more weeks and people just deal. And so you, he was really pushing out payments of someone who just passed. If just y'all, want he to to play, y'all Google his name, y'all can listen to the recordings of these phone calls. Yes. Fascinating to listen to. He's, <laughs> he's ridiculous. Like he is praising the people that he worked with because of the way they're able to manipulate stuff. And because of the way they're sending bullshit. people off from getting their Man. money. He's very much like, you did such a great job robbing them. Let yes. me give a bonus. He is, he's crazy. He's re- he, he was ridiculous. Like It was said that some of the people that worked for him was making like upwards of 600000 a year between salary, gifts, bonuses, this, this and that. And it's like six hundred thousand a year at an Indiana firm is a crazy amount of money. Like, I'm gonna just tell y'all, okay? <laughs> I live in the state next to it. It don't take no damn six hundred thousand dollars to live in no damn Indiana. <laughs> it, that is an insane amount of money when you really think the about it. The only like, city I could think of where I'm like. I can at least understand is Indianapolis. If you're not in that very specific city, yeah, you don't need it. Not in Indiana. I'm sorry. There's still people in Indiana that ride around in horse and buggy. I mean, I lived in Indiana, and I know. I can't think of much I would need to spend that kind of money on, like. That's not to say there's not people in Indiana with money. There right. very much is. There's people everywhere with money. Absolutely. And there's 
definitely like million dollar homes and like if you get like some of that lakefront property like where the Shrankers was you know we talked about them a couple episodes back <laughs> but it's like there's definitely money in Indiana but if you're making 600000 a year and you live in Indiana like that's the kind of money that's that you're money. just doing stupid shit be just because of how much it costs to live in Indiana. Right. Like you can live comfortably. Well, I don't know. It's been a couple of years since I lived there, but when I, I mean, it's been like seven, eight, nine years since I lived there. But when I lived, granted, a lot changes. But when I lived there, you know, eight, nine years ago or whatever, you could live comfortably in most parts of Indiana making 60 70,000 a year. I was going to say an individual Indiana Yeah, if you don't have like kids or nothing. Like you could live a comfortable life in most parts of Indiana making 60 to 70,000 a year. You could probably get a, now you could probably get away with probably like 75. Yeah. 75, and this is like a comfortable life. You could do like whatever you want to do. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? Like it's not like you're living but you all your money go to pay bills. No, like you have right. a life. Like yes. and, so if you can have a life in most parts of Indiana making 75 less than a hundred, just imagine what you're doing with 600. That's when you just start and, and also let's hold on, let's put it in perspective. This was almost 20 years ago. Exactly. That is the other side of it. <laughs> it's like this is almost 20 time. years ago. This is this before inflate the, all the inflation we're going through right now. This is before COVID. This is before and just a flat is, out increase in prices. Period. That's this normal. Is also before two thousand eight inflation as well. <laughs> but this this was around that time because he got they started tapping his shit in two thousand nine, <laughs> and he actually tried to use that as part of his like defense. Mm-hmm. you know trying to trying to recoup from the issues that happened with the finances during that time frame you know yeah tried to use that as part of his excuse so another thing that actually ended up happening that people that the investors started to realize that they that they weren't getting their money mm-hmm. there was this lady uh she was a former nun but then she you know she stopped doing it to take care of her father and she was she ended up watching children like she was like running a daycare she mm-hmm. had these certificates she decides, you know, hey, I need, I need ten thousand dollars. I need to redo my kitchen, you know, do some other things around the house, blah, blah, blah. She calls to try and get it, and they like, oh, okay, yeah, we can send it to you. I'll just give us a couple of weeks. She's like, okay, you know, that's normal. You ask for ten thousand dollars, people don't just have ten thousand dollars to hand. No, they like, okay, can't even. I got to get together and just get ten thousand dollars without. Right. Anything. I mean, you can, but. If you don't want to be in there for way too fucking long, you give notice. Like it's and not only that, because I mean, this is this is about transferring money from investments into a bank account. So it's which is even a long drop it. Like you don't just show shit. So when she asks and they says it's gonna be take take a couple weeks, she's like, okay, that's cool. Can wait. Couple weeks go by, she still ain't got it. Couple more weeks, she still ain't got it. Couple more weeks, she still ain't got it. So she's like, what the hell? It's going here she still can't get her money so she never got the ten thousand dollars and she never got it because they didn't have it mm-hmm. to give they didn't okay um in 2011 march of 2011 durant durham cochran and snow were all arrested 
yes, for wire and securities fraud. Okay. Um, so after they get arrested in 2011, 2012 is when the trial actually begins. And it was actually uh, pretty, pretty short, a pretty short it trial. It was a very short trial. <laughs> because also, like, the fuck about it. In, in, in June of 2012, they were found guilty. Yeah. Um, they were found guilty. Uh, Durham was found guilty of 10 counts of wire fraud, one count of securities fraud, and one count of conspiracy to defraud. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when they did all of this, they ended up getting sentenced. Snow got the smallest sentence. Snow was the CFO, the chief financial advisor. He only got 10 years. Um, so at this point, he he's out because that was in 2011. Yes, he is. Um, Cochran got 25, but Durham got 50. Now, mind you, when he gets 50, he's already in his 40s. Yes. But he gets 50 years. Okay. Um, he's what, 60 so, now? Something like that? He is currently, yeah, 50, 59, 60, something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't have his 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 um specific birth date, just the birth year. So, I mean, just to give like perspective, mm-hmm. Obsidian and like fair finance obsidian you know because that's the company that bought fair finance mm-hmm. Fair finance was bringing in i think it was somewhere around 2.5 million a year or something like that obsidian was running at a 30 million dollar deficit 30 million dollars so yes. just to show you how large scale this fraud was yes there was he like, literally no way they could legally afford the way they were operating. Absolutely, he he was so he was so into images that he bought the top floor of the Chase Building in Indiana. Yes. and put that in perspective, the Chase Building is the highest point in the entire state, and yes. he was way at the top. Mm-hmm. Barely had like he had the whole floor. Like his office was like a home, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, and it was barely anybody working in there. Clearly, he's about images. He, don't he had about five people working. working in this big ass whole floor office. It yes. was like five six people working there because he didn't trust nobody because he didn't want nobody to know what he was doing. So he essentially bought a multi million dollar portion of a building for scamming. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what he did. <laughs> so yeah, so he ends up being sentenced to fifty years in prison. Um, basically, that's that's basically like life. Essentially, yeah. that's what we're kind of thinking for him because the, right. the earliest his earliest possible release is February first of twenty fifty six, and right. he'll be ninety four. I'm about to say, won't he be like a hundred years old? Like he's ninety four. Um, so uh, a fair finance trustee um named Brian Bash, he mm-hmm. filed a, he actually sued Durham's mother. Yes. Saying that she received $831,000 in fraudulent transfers from Fair Finance. Remember, we said he was doing this for mm-hmm. family, friends, and everything. He all from Durham. Like all the girls was getting some money. Yes. All, he, that she got this money from 06 to 09. Remember, the, the crash and chaos of finance happened around 08, right? Yes. Um. So she got this money between 06 and 09. And uh with his whole family were, on payroll to just the fact that they kept sitting in these large ass, none of them were doing anything in the business, but they were all on the payroll. 
Yeah. So yeah, when they he so he sued he sued her and she's supposed to she's like having a repay, but she ends up being um she she agreed I should say to repay five hundred thousand dollars plus interest. I'm like that's gonna end up being eight hundred thirty one. Why didn't you just say that? Mm-hmm. Like why did you even say five hundred plus interest? <laughs> right. Right. Um. But yeah. So and then after all this, of course, because this better had happened. He was disbarred by the Indiana Supreme Court. So he is currently in jail in Kentucky serving the rest of his sentence. Mm-hmm. And that, my friends, is the story of Mr. Tim Duran and him wanting to be the Midwest Hugh Hefner while in actuality being that is- the Midwest, um, uh, uh, well, I forget his name again. Bernie Madoff. Madoff. <laughs> So that party that we talked about, that was a $5 million party. He ended up having, hold on, like, I actually did not say that amount. $144 million is the amount that he borrowed. And I quote that, use that term very loosely. Very, very. Borrowed from fair finance. These are all loans. So just think of if you got $144 million in money you don't you didn't work for, so it don't mean shit to you. Just think about all the dumb shit you're about to do. Not only didn't work for, have zero plans of paying it back. Exactly. So it's just literally somebody just handed you $144 and it's just like, go do whatever the fuck you want. The level of stupid shit you're about to do with that money because it doesn't mean anything because like when you work for the money you're more cautious about where you put it because it's like i spent my time and energy to get this i needed to do something meaningful meaningful right when it's just handed to you you about to just shit you about to buy a hundred fucking i like you about to go buy he, all the dipping dots you about to go back like dots, <laughs> he he like, intentionally like it's he intentionally had his party right in front of a big window mm-hmm. that showed that $1.5 million Bugatti. Yep. And his cake was a $1 million bill with his face on it. Like that's how full of himself he was. Mm-hmm. He had a big, a huge picture on his wall with smaller pictures of himself with two chairs that's just meant to sit and stare at it. You just sit and stare. It's like if scammers are like children, girl. As you know, when you give a kid ten dollars, everybody get a big bag of chips. Everybody, <laughs> everybody. You want Doritos? You want the Not the quarter joint. Everybody get the, the big one. If you want some candy, you need some bitch. Give you, me the big, the big juice with the squeeze top. You want the now lettuce with your Doritos, bitch? Got you. <laughs> Everybody getting, everybody getting lit. Everybody got the brownie and the honey bun. <laughs> what? Don't play with me. And that's what he did. He <laughs> took this hundred and forty million. Was like, you get a yacht. Who want a yacht? Everybody want a yacht because I want a Bugatti. Me? You want a Bugatti because I got you. Like it was. <laughs> I'm like, I'm off. I like. I'm not. I'm not trying to tell people how to spend their money, but seventy cars. Come on. Yeah. No, I don't. 70? I mean, I guess one can say that about shoes and or handbags, but no. Nah. Because I'm more likely to use say, 70 of these bags than I am all 70 of them cars. And not only that, 
70 bags probably don't cost as much as 70 cars. Depending on the bags you buy. That's why I said probably. But also, I'm more likely to use all 70 of these bags than you are to drive all 70 of them cars. Because, I mean, let's, come on, let's go in. The cheapest car is probably about a hundred of the cheapest bags. Depending on the bag you buy, but yeah, that, no, that's why I specifically said cheapest and cheapest. If you go the cheapest of both, oh shit, the cheapest car you get more than a hundred of the cheapest bag. You see you what know, I'm saying? You can get bags for ten dollars depending a on a cheap car. A cheap car is a couple thousand. Because I mean, a cheap bag can be ten dollars. You go get a used Nissan, you still coming up off about eighty five hundred dollars for yeah, it. Yeah, about yeah, about ten thousand dollars. If you get a used one that run, now you get them niggas that sell it for like $2,200, but them but even, don't move. But even if you go $2,200, how many $10 bags can you get? You right. Because right. <laughs> ain't nobody selling you no car for less than a thousand. Because if they do, you got questions. Even if it's $500, how many $10 bags can you get? <laughs> Again, you not wrong. I mean, when you right, you right. <laughs> you know, they just be like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to uh, listening to us today. Uh, we'll be back. Um, Siobhan will have a story next week. Yes. And we shall see you guys there. Thank you so much for listening to us. Don't forget about our merch. It is getting cold. I'm currently under a heated blanket as we speak. And I'm under my crime and wine blanket because <laughs> everybody in my house fights over it because it's so damn soft. It's soft, it's comfortable, it's large. I mean, to feel it from the kids because I'm like, it's mine. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's called being a mother. <laughs> but anyway, don't forget about our merch. Uh, you can always drink your wine out of our wine glasses from our merch while lounging in our uh, in our um, next installment outfits. Another, as well as another installment. Another installment, I apologize. Another installment outfit as well as sitting under the blanket. All yeah. right, guys. We shall see you all next week. Peace out. Bye, y'all.